Who's playing music? That me? Nice. What's up, everyone? It's Brian with the Security Squad Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Reginald Andre, down in Miami, Florida, and Randy Bryan down in South Texas. How are you, gentlemen? Doing well, doing well. Doing great. How about yourself? I am doing well. I cannot complain. So today we're going to jump into uh, a little bit about, we're going to dive into the website that the U.S. government has put out for businesses as a resource to help them stop ransomware. It's called StopRansomware.gov. And the three of us today are going to go through that website. We're going to see what it is. Is it really a, a, a useful and viable resource for businesses and business owners to use in order to help them stop prevent or help them stop ransomware and prevent a cyber attack on their business? Um, before we jump into that content, though, I just want to thank everyone. You guys are awesome. Uh, downloading our show, sharing our show, um, liking, commenting, subscribing. We're growing every time we put out a new episode. Uh, so keep doing that for us. We thank you very much. Um, it's a, it's one way that we will be more motivated to put out more content. And all we do, all we ask of you is that if you like anything, you're entertained or you learn anything from our show, just share it out, subscribe and rate our uh, podcast on the various podcast platforms that we're on, like YouTube, uh, uh, iTunes, where else are we? Audible. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. Um, so that's all we ask. You guys got anything you want to add to that? Yeah, no? thanks for uh, liking, sharing, commenting. If you leave a comment, uh, we'll catch it uh, live. Um, and I think you have to be logged into StreamYard. Is that true? To, uh, yeah, yeah. So, you got it. so if you're on Facebook, if you're watching us live on Facebook, you've got to head over to... Uh, streamyard.com slash Facebook and just click uh, give permission. And then whenever you type a comment in Facebook, we will see it in our studio on our screen. Um, otherwise, we won't see your comment until after the show. Um, and we'll try to address it in another episode down the road, but that's how it works. Um, if you're on YouTube watching us, you can just type right into the chat and we will see it. Um, so and that's it. So um Guys, got anything you want to talk about before we jump into uh, the, the site? I, yeah, I actually have a, a, a win, I would say. Um, so about two, three years ago, we had a client and there was some something happened and they felt that they were wrong and they left us a bad review on Google. Uh, like on the Google review, they left us a one star. And of course, whenever you have those types of incidents, you always want to reply and, and kind of put some facts out there, show your customer service, et cetera but it always kind of looked bad. And um, one of their licenses for their routers was actually expiring and they didn't have anybody to help them to renew it. So he, the client called me back and says, hey, can you do this for us? And I actually says, sure, I'll do it. However, I need you to go back through, you know, from that Google review and go ahead and delete it. And, um, and he still paid for the service and everything like that, but that was like a big win because now my Arc Solvers Google is back at five stars and, you know, and 14 good reviews. So that was a nice win this week. Oh, good for you. Good job. Yeah. Way to, to have a positive outcome on a crappy, crappy situation, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I got to, I got two one star Google reviews from people I don't even know. So I can't even go to them to find out, to ask them to reverse it. So probably a competitor, jealous competitor who, uh, decided to go on my Google page and leave me a one-star review I, with a fake non-client of ours. I saw an an hilarious review this week. Somebody it was bad somebody left a one-star, but the business owner replied with a link to this person's criminal record. <laughs> so nice. kind of called the called the reviewer out. So not recommending that. I'm just saying it's taking the internet by storm right now in a meme. So nice. All right. So uh, we're going to jump right into our content for today, talking about some cybersecurity stuff, breaking this down for our, our business people, our business audience out there, not for our tech nerds. 
Um, and what we're going to do today is we're going to take a look at this StopRansomware.gov site that the White House put out under under CISA. Um, and I'm going to pull that up now on the screen and share that with our live audience so they can kind of go along with us to see. And we'll do our best to describe kind of what we're looking at to our audience who is is listening in today. Um any first thoughts while I'm pulling this up that you guys, you know, what, what are your initial thoughts? We'll start with Andre and then we'll jump over to Randy. What are your initial thoughts on, on this whole uh, StopRansomware.gov site that we are going to review here? All right. So first thing for me is that it actually looked pretty like like the homepage was like, what is ransomware? Have you been hit by ransomware? So for me, as far as the consumer and looking at it, it, it the, the first part of the homepage does look like something that I want to continue reading. So props on them for at least uh, making that that first part look eye appealing. And I guess that's contrasting or comparing to like CISA's home site. Yeah, or even if you look at Microsoft's like site, and you know how it's just like three books of just data and and no graphics. So kudos to them on at least making it eye-appealing. Randy? Um, so for me, I when I first found it, I was pretty excited. And I'm, I'm excited from a standpoint, it's good to get this information into like one place. Um, but little concerned also, you know, the government's not had the best track record for websites like this, you know, like. I think like the first year of Obamacare, it was constantly crashing and stuff like that. But, you know, bo bottom line, I think it's a good start trying to get this information in here. Um, so ten tentatively, I'm kind of excited about it. I hope that it turns into something great. Yeah, I, I kind of had the same initial um, thought when I first saw <laughs> it, that it does look like it's put together nicely um, with nice graphics and, you know, some certain things are being called out and highlighted. Um, and it wasn't laid out like a typical, like a lot of these typical tech tech sites that we deal with. Um, you know, the Microsoft, when they want to sell a consumer a product, it doesn't look, you know, technical, you know, they put nice graphics and they, and they make it look appealing and user friendly. Um, but the back end of the, the CISA site or the, the part of the CISA site that has all the bulletins and stuff is very dry. It's very, you know, just text and, and a lot of words on the screen and quite frankly, not, not the easiest thing to navigate through. So at least they're making an attempt to get this information organized and in a, in a, in a way, um, uh, organized in a way that it's going to be a little bit more appealing to, to business owners. Um, but I'm just going to, let's start off right away. Like, do you guys think that, that this is missing the mark a little bit? Like, I kind of think this is missing the mark a little bit on it being a resource that like the average Joe business owner can, can come in and use like it, you know, or, are you, do you guys get, think that this is something that like, you know, if I owned an accounting business that I could come here and I could start understanding what I need to do to protect my my CPA firm from ransomware. I mean, it's definitely missing the mark, but at least they're shooting arrows towards the direction of the target, um, which is a good a good thing. I mean, you know, you had President Biden's office like I think it was towards the end of May, do a basic call out, if you will, to business owners saying that businesses need to start being proactive, taking responsibility for their own cybersecurity for their businesses. It's a need. It's a national security issue, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I think this is a good, you know, hey, at least start turning the ship in the right direction, you know, where a business owner can find a place to go to read information. I know where it's a lot of it goes out into the weeds and it's going to, you know, not be relevant. And a lot of this is good material. If you can't sleep at night, just lay down and start reading it and you'll fall asleep for most people. Um, 
But I think it's a great start. You know, at least we're shooting arrows towards the target now. What are your thoughts on that, Andre? Yeah, just like Randy said, great start. But um, I would have loved to see this more like a, like kind of like a um, Chipotle menu. What industry are you in? Healthcare. How many computers or, you know, how big is your organization? 200. And then from there, kind of like, you should have this, you should have this, you should have this, and kind of a checklist of things that um, be it, you know, obviously everybody should have phishing, everybody should have DNS pr pr protection, but just based on their industry, kind of a guideline, a simple guideline that they can then take back and then approach this to their IT company, their cybersecurity company, their in-house IT, and say, hey, this is what the government is recommending that we have. Do we have it? Why don't we have it? How much does it cost? Let's get it going. Yep, and, I, and that's you know, like I said, it's it's a it's a little interesting um, what we have here with this site. Um, you know, we have obviously on the homepage, what is ransomware? Have you been hit by ransomware? Avoid being hit by ransomware. Um, they go into some some things here that are around protection and response services, K twelve resources preparation. Um, a little bit of information on how they can help, general information, frequently asked questions, tips, ransomware readiness, self-assessment, which I actually did a YouTube video on, on that self-assessment tool. Not easy to use, not for somebody really who's not technical or in IT. Um, and I think that's going to be the theme here. Like this is going to classify things and put things in certain places, but I still think at the end of the day, um, business owners and people are going to find find this difficult. So if I'm a business owner and let's just say I haven't been hit with ransomware yet and I just want to learn, hey, I heard about this site on the news. I want to go to it. I can go in here and click on what is ransomware. So let's start to jump into the sub pages of this website. Um, so here's like ransomware 101. And as you can see, uh, if you go to this website, you can't see it on my screen right now because I'm, I'm only sharing the the tab, so to speak, of Chrome, but in the browser, the URL or the web address changed from stopransomware.gov to sysa.gov. So ultimately, what they've done is they've kind of put together, a, they put together a domain name and they're automatically forwarding that to sysa's site, which is sysa.gov slash stopransomware. And that's where you ultimately end up. And now we're on this like ransomware 101 kind of education. Um, and this is where I think for me, the website falls off, right? Because we went from that nice, pretty front end interface. And now we're back to other than the fact that it's a black background with white text, we're back to kind of like the CISA site that, that we mentioned at the beginning. So any thoughts on that guys? Go ahead, uh, Andre, and then we'll go to Randy. No, you hit it right in the head. It, it started off graphical and then it just got text. And I think that's when an average business owner is going to be like, not for me and move on. Yeah, uh, agree, agreed there. Um, it's starting a little bit, get out into the weeds here. Yeah. And so like, if you're a business owner, you come to this. Right, we have ransomware 101. We have, well, we have the fact sheet information, which I don't know. I kind of feel like this is just like copy and paste from their main website. And now you're kind of getting into you're getting in the weeds here, right? I mean, now you like you click on one link and now you have 15 other links, right? And it's like you're now in a rabbit hole that I think has become way too complex and people are just gonna bounce out at this point and they're not gonna really understand what all this means, right? And, and be able to make sense of it, right? We People want things that are easy. They, they don't wanna sit here and have to go, well, what is this? And, and there's a lot of words being used on this site that is going to scare the average bear. Agree or disagree? I mean, Definitely agree. I will. I will say that geeks like us, if you will, um, have a tendency to kind of assume that people understand this more 
-hmm. It's the same thing when you're talking to an expert in any field. You know, you're talking to an expert in automobile repair. They're going to say all kinds of things you've never even heard of that are just going to go over your head unless you're in that field. Um, and even if they're trying to keep it real and keep it down to earth, you know, it, it's going to still fall short. But the plus side of that is, I mean, if it was only written with, you know, just your average business owner in mind who, you know, let's say your average business owner, that's non-technical. If it was just written for them, there probably wouldn't be enough information to actually do any good. So, you know, maybe they're, they're drawn in with the great, great graphics, but then, you know, they point their IT staff or their cybersecurity company to this page. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. Um, I don't know if you can avoid the weeds too much and still do good. Um, that's going to be something hopefully they're getting feedback on. This isn't just like, a, you know, the government had a hundred million dollar grant. So they just threw this out there and then like nothing's going to happen from this here on out. This is kind of how the government does things, though, to be quite honest with you. Because like if you think about the government like buying process, the Fed, when you want to offer your services or sell something to the U.S. government and actually getting signed up and doing all the things you need to do to even be able to bid on federal government contracts. There's like people who have businesses to consult with people to help them through that whole process because it's so convoluted. And when you go to like the different websites that they have set up for federal contracts, it it can become very overwhelming very quick because there's just a lot of links on pages that take you to different places, places. And I know times that I've looked into things and this is true for state government, too, at least in my state, New Jersey. A lot of times you go to these websites and you click on things and you end up with pages that don't work. You end up with 404s, you, you know, you, 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 and I'm not saying that's happening here, but I haven't clicked on anything yet. Um, you know, it, 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 you get, that's the user experience that I've had with other government websites, federal government websites, where a lot of times you click on things, you think you're going down the right rabbit hole and then you just end up at a dead end. And, you know, that's my concern here. So, like, let's just say fact sheets and information, right? So, this is just a dump of different government resources, right? You have an FBI trifold. You have NIST tips and tricks for preparing your organization for ransomware attacks. Ransomware general security postcard. Phishing general security postcard. These are probably all CISs. Um, fact sheet, ransomware threat, and OT assets, ransomware, what it is and what to do about it. CISA insight, ransomware outbreak, protect your center from, from ransomware, how to protect your networks from ransomware. So like <clears throat> these all sound the same, which one am I supposed to pick? Which one actually helps me? This is kind of like a spray and pray to me. For, for uh, from on the government standpoint, that they're just spraying a bunch of stuff out there and praying that, you know, maybe this will start helping people. I, I'm still of the camp that this is just going to make people more frustrated and more confused. Like, why not just get with the FBI, get with the NSA, get with the Secret Service and CISA, they all get together and put out one damn thing collectively together. And this is the thing not 20 different things for general ransomware because that's just one section. Now I go into the next section and I got the same thing. I got to go through six different reports, links. You know what I mean? Why does a business owner care about the different dark side ransomware, Gregor ransomware, Mamba ransomware? Like, you know what I mean? Like this is stuff that guys like us get paid to know about, not some lawyer or some CPA who's just, you know, trying to protect his firm. Thoughts there, Randy? <laughs> I mean, I'm I probably not as um, gosh. I don't want to make make it sound bad. I don't feel like I'm as jaded as you yet. No, um, I mean 
I'm from I'm, Philly. It's okay. <laughs> I might be, you know, after we dig into this um, a little more. Um, I'm glad to see some effort for sure. I mean, I know that Cease has been around and Cease has been doing Cease's thing for quite some time, but, you know, I don't know. Um, I'm, I guess, more hopeful. I mean, uh, uh, Rondre, go ahead. Yeah, the one part I do like, I will say, is the middle section of that homepage where it says, have you been hit by ransomware? And then from there, it kind of gives you some, like, seven steps that you should do. I mean, of course, I'm sorry. Are you talking about something that's not even on the screen? Yeah. Uh, no, no, yeah, I'm, I'm done with that part. Yeah, you're, I can't say anything. This, this is already a mess for you? You're done? Yeah, that's already yeah. a mess. I'm talking right, about the. Right, right. Let's, catch up with, let's catch up with Andre. All right. Let's go back. Yeah, okay. What he's talking about is this middle section. Yeah. And I'm just going to yeah, go right So have you been hit by ransomware? So we yeah. already decided that the what is ransomware section is really not for business owners. It's, no. it's probably for more technical people who really want to get their head around what ransomware is. And there are some good extensive resources in there that, you know, if you are a technical person, you should probably read most of that stuff that's in there. Or, I can now go ahead. I was gonna say, or if you're a college kid and you're working on some right. type of essay paper, that you've got right. some good material you can take from there. Right. I mean, so, it's true. Right. I could also, I mean, I could also see a business owner who's just concerned and worried, you know, getting at least enough, enough info from that those resources to at least start heading down the right direction once again. So I have the page up, uh, Andre, uh -huh. for the middle section. So when you go to that website and you click on that middle section, right. the where it says, have you been hit by ransomware? Learn more. Just clicked into that and I got that up on the screen. So what do we have here? So we have a ransomware response mm -hmm. checklist. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the detection and that, yeah. There's cybersecurity, strong interacts, responding to ransomware using the following checklist provided by Joint System Multi-State Information Sharing and Analysis Center. And then uh, if you click on the detection um, part, it, it, it expands. Uh -huh. well, so this uh, reminds me of an episode of The Simpsons where Homer got a, what was watching a video on how to build something and like, Two sentences into it, there were so many technical terms and words, you know, like, you know, like tune your lathe. And he didn't even know what that was. He just like threw it away and just started hammering on something. I feel like we could very easily with this list get into those kind of weeds. You know what I mean? Where your average person isn't even going to know what the crap they're reading. Right. So I actually, I'll share it in a minute, but I actually downloaded the report. So uh, right here, the ransomware guide is a PDF. Uh, this, I had my mouse up on the screen and under the ransomware response checklist, there's a, there's a link, um, not very prevalent. It just says ransomware guide. You click that and that opens a guide that's about a year old at this point. Um, that's very technical, uh, but about halfway through the report, it does give you that checklist. And we can talk about that checklist uh, pretty quickly uh, towards the end of the towards the end of the show here. So um, let me just see if that. Yep. So that checklist is exactly what's mirrored right here. So this is the checklist. These one, two, three, four. I believe they have eight total things. If I know they have nineteen total things in their checklist. Uh, this one only has seven. So. Uh, there's more in the PDF on the checklist. Um, so we can kind of talk about that, but not a bad start here. It kind of breaks it down. It simplifies it. I like the idea that they don't have all 19 and they probably took them the six or seven most important ones. Um, this is good. I mean, this is like good, easy to get to information, boils it down into big headlines. So you can kind of just see, you know, determine which systems were impacted. Now, if you're doing this yourself, um, 
and you don't really work with an IT expert or that IT expert really isn't good at security and maybe he's helped you build your systems, but that security side is lacking. Um, and you're reading this and you're like, well, how do we determine which systems were impacted? If you don't have the telemetry set up ahead of time, you just have to assume that everything has been impacted. So um, number two here, uh, only in the event you are unable to disconnect devices from the network, power them down and, and to avoid further spread of the ransomware infection. Well, you guys, you guys have any insight or advice on that? Uh, uh, yeah, before that though, I would kind of picture this as I'm sure we all have that poster in our break room with the lady with the cast that says, if you've ever been injured, this is what you should do, you know, right. call, call this. So I kind of see that like something like this, you would make it like a poster and kind of just plug it in on your break room or something that says, if we have a ransomware attack, these are the steps. And of course, incorporate calling your IT, calling your cyber search policy carrier, et cetera, et cetera. But I could see that as something that should be on every uh, company break room as far as what to do if they think that there is a cyber attack happening. Yeah, break room, break room is a good start. I mean, it should be part of your cybersecurity training and awareness program, right? So yeah, that's really where it should be. It should be part of that. And, and it should be a policy that you give out and 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 have your employees sign that they understand it and they know what the policy is. It should also be read before the fact. I mean, you don't really want to have like, this behind glass, you know, in case of a ransomware, break glass and take this out and read it. Like you want to be comfortable with it beforehand. And I think um, in, in steps one and two, they bring out a very, very good point is if you just shut down the machines, you lose um, lots of potential information that could help you figure out how the attack happened, the attack happened. Um, so your, you know, your first goal is going to be to isolate the machine without turning it off. You know, also knowing that if the Wi-Fi is on and you unplug the Ethernet, um, they can still use that Wi-Fi or, or even possibly Bluetooth to communicate with the machines around them potentially. Um, so when they say isolate, it's going to have to be a full isolation but just knowing that if you turn it off, if you have to turn it off, you have to turn it off. But you're going to lose a lot of valuable data if you do turn it off, which that may not matter if you have, you know, a construction company um, with not with, that you don't have reporting, um, you know, uh, like where you have to by law report. Um, but other other um, industries, you do have to report by law um, and it could could affect your ability to report what happened. You know, if you just if you shut them off. So, you know, your goal would be to isolate them. So if we jump back into it, um, triage impacted systems for restoration and recovery. Uh, consult with your incident response team to develop and document an initial understanding of what has occurred based on initial analysis. Again, you have to assume everything was hit if you don't have that telemetry. Uh, engage your internal and external teams and stakeholders with an understanding of what they can provide to help you mitigate, respond, and recover from the incident. That's kind of what Andre talked about earlier. If you have cyber insurance, they're going to be part of that team. Uh, and then they go into uh, if no initial mitigation accidents, actions appear possible, take the system image and memory capture of a sample of affected devices uh, collect relevant logs as well as sample of any precursor malware binary binaries and associated observables, blah, blah, blah. Getting too technical here. Um, consult federal law enforcement ooh, regarding possible decryptors available as security researchers have already broken the encryption algorithm for some ransomware variants. Um, thoughts here, guys? Andre? All, all information that is valuable. And I like the uh, kind of the put in analogy is like what Randy was saying about breaking the glass. It's kind of like you need to know how to use that fire extinguisher. It's not the time of a fire is when you're taking out the manual to see how do you take the pin out and how do you press the, the, the you know, squeeze it. So definitely. Um, so even if you are um, maybe just trying to put a policy in place for your company, this is just great information. You can kind of copy and paste and 
and mold it into your um, environment. Randy? Yeah, I agree. I don't have anything to add. Yeah, so it, this just got a little too technical for me. Um, this is going to be over somebody's head. Um, you're, you're basically bringing in an expert at this point. Um, and if you do get hit with ransomware, you should probably not try to do this on your own. And you should you should try to bring in a security expert. And if your IT team isn't security experts, you really shouldn't stop relying on them for at least that piece of it. They can go back to running your network after the fact, but you really need to work with security people who know what they're doing. And, you know, there's, I guess the big thing I want to tell people is, and, and business owners is, don't assume that your tech guy knows security. Like that's a big deal. Like a lot of these business owners are out here thinking their IT guys got them covered from a security standpoint. And they find out usually after an event that their, that their MSP or their IT guy really doesn't do anything around security. And he's not good at it because he, he's better at like standing up infrastructure and configuring things. So they work not necessarily working on the security side of things. And you should not assume that just because he's a technical person that he knows and has the skills to do cybersecurity. Um, so let's jump into this third section here, avoid being hit by ransomware. And we're kind of back to that same format. And then we have ransomware prevention and best practices. And we're back to uh, page three of the ransomware guide. So they seem to be pushing us back to this ransomware guide and, and giving us kind of the same links. And then as we go into the ransomware guide, um, it looks like they have some tips here, protecting against ransomware, good security habits, understanding antivirus software, understanding patches and, and software updates, using caution with email attachments. What do you guys think about all this stuff? Is this good for the average business owner? Or are we getting back into that? this is more stuff that, you know, your technical person needs to worry about. I mean, I would kind of stick by what I said earlier. Like what I'm imagining is a, a business owner who's totally clueless about cybersecurity other than what they've heard, like on the news and stuff, getting on this page, spending some time reading it because they're concerned about their business. And then that giving them enough information where then, they can engage their IT company, maybe see if their IT company is falling short, and then maybe engage a company that can actually help them with this. Like I said, I take it from a more hopeful hopeful side um, of that. Um, it does kind of get into the weeds, but like even if you just look at the tips without clicking on them, you can at least be aware, you know, you've got to have good security habits. You've got to, you know, have antivirus. You've got to understand patching email attachments, choosing passwords. Like there's some good like high level stuff there that maybe I'm seeing that for the first time and it's making me aware like, hey, there's needs to be a lot more going on than I'm actually concerned about or doing right now. And I, I would love for the government to even take this one step further on the website and actually like start doing public service announcements, you know, stop ransomware.gov, go to this website if you're a business owner. If we're at a trade show, they have a booth and they're handing out, you know, little squashies of, you know, here's our brochure about stop ransomware and just start putting that information out so that then they can then give it back to their leaders in their organizations or their IT companies or whatever the case is. But I, I think it can't just be a website and just hope someone finds it. Yeah. And then like one of the things they do here, like if you notice, I clicked on the tips. I clicked against protecting against ransomware and you're not going to see it on, on the screen that we're sharing. But it does just open hmm. to CISA. The, the old CISO you know, website that we're used to looking at. And they actually take you to an article that was originally released uh 2019. Two and, half, yeah, two and a half years ago. Um, and again, it's it's just a lot of information that most business owners are going to feel like it's over their head. Um, and then we go into services, right? So they're recommending some services here, tips and best practices for home users, organizations, and technical staff to guard against the growing ransomware threat. 
Cyber Hygiene Services. CISA offers several free scanning and testing services to help organizations assess, identify, and reduce their exposure to threats, including ransomware. Now, what does that guy? What does that sound like to you guys? Like, if I'm a business owner and I don't understand, like, what does that sound like to you? Which part? So right here under cyber hygiene services, where it says CISA offers several free scanning and testing services to help organizations assess, identify, and reduce their exposure to threats, including ransomware. I mean, it sounds like something that might be helpful for me as a business um, to kind of figure out my risk. Um, but at the same time, I mean, we are talking the government, so it's probably going to get super complex really fast and end up not doing me a lot of good if I'm not super careful. Those are my thoughts on that. I never, I don't know for you, Brian, but I've never downloaded any of those tools that the government tells me to use. So um, I'll be a little wary about that. So the interesting thing is, and that's why I asked, it, it actually is a service that CISA provides. And not, not, not a lot of people know about this, but it's, they offer, um, they offer services around vulnerability scanning, for, for external, the external vulnerability scanning for networks, web application scanning, phishing campaign assessments, and remote penetration tests. And they offer this to federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial governments, as well as public, private, public and private sector critical infrastructure organizations. So there's 16 uh, critical infrastructure uh, organizations that Biden identified when he gave his list to um, uh, Putin, IT uh, IT companies were in that in one of those sixteen. So IT companies would 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 benefit from this, and CISA uh, Cyber Hygiene Services are provided by CISA's highly trained information security experts, equipped with top-of-the-line tools, and their mission is to measurably reduce cybersecurity risk to the nation by providing services to the government and critical infrastructure stakeholders. It's absolutely free. There's no cost. And the um, vulnerability scanning and web application scanning typically begins within a week of returning the appropriate forms. So, I mean, I don't know of anyone who's used this service, um, I'd actually be interested in having my team run it to, to run a test through it. Um, but that's, I guess that's, you know, that's kind of like news. I, I really didn't know that this existed until I just read this right now. Um, the website worked, but it kind of, it kind of, you kind of had to dig deep to find it. Right. And, uh, but it is available. Um, and you know what, we'll, we'll look into this a little bit further and we'll, and we'll see because, Sometimes I'm just going to be honest, like sometimes the government stands things up and then they stop. Them. Like, and I, and I'm not saying that's the case here, but like, I, I, um, I, I reached out to the FBI about, I don't know, three, four months ago. And, and they have like a cybersecurity information sharing program um, that you can become a part of. And I had asked them like, Hey, I haven't, I haven't seen much activity around this program or, and uh, an FBI agent got back to me and said that they actually put the program on hold. And, that, and they said they would reach out to me when the program was, was back up and running again. But as of right now, the program is on hold. Um, so don't know why, but I'll look into this service and I'll report back for sure. And I'll, and I'll let you guys know. But there's definitely a, a cyber hygiene type of service that, that is offered by CISA. Um, and I would imagine that if a lot of businesses took advantage of this, there would be uh, a, bit, a major backlog in, in this type of service. So um, elect, election cyber tabletop in a box, I guess that's for election um, people that run election types things, doing tabletop exercises to determine if your election system is, is vulnerable. 
Uh, malicious domain blocking and reporting. This service is available for U.S. state and local tribal territory, uh, territorial government members of the multi-state information sharing analysis center. Um, and they, and that's basically for government entities and, and looking for malicious domain. Um, and I guess they provide a service where they kind of provide like a Cisco umbrella service. Uh, nationwide cybersecurity review. This is free, anonymous, annual self-assessment designed to measure gaps and capabilities of state, local, tribal, and territorial government cybersecurity <laughs> programs. It is based on NIST uh, framework and is sponsored by DHS and the Multi-State Information Sharing Analysis Center. Now, I've actually downloaded this tool, and it is. It's just basically a questionnaire. It, it's software, but it is a questionnaire you go through. You answer questions, and then it basically um, gives you an idea of where you are falling short when it comes to meeting the requirements of the NIST cybersecurity framework. So of those tools, um, I think the most valuable one's probably the first one. Um, and I'm glad that we highlighted it on the show and we kind of found it because I honestly, I didn't even know it existed. I don't hear many people talking about it. Um, I think the National Cybersecurity Review, that, that tool and that self-assessment tool, again, it's a self-assessment tool. So um, I would highly encourage people to work with a professional when filling that out because you don't want to answer things based on the way you think things are. Um, you really want to answer them based on fact and you want to be able to back up anything that you put into that assessment for your answer with some evidence, right? And that's where you know, that's kind of like the three-legged stool that I talk about when I when I meet with clients about uh, compliance is you have to have policies and procedures, but you also have to have evidence to back those things up. So uh, what are your thoughts on these tools? And then we'll, we'll jump into the training uh, to see what's there it, and we'll wrap it up. It looks like the, the uh, tools number two, three, and four are mostly aimed at government um, entities. Um, uh, two, two and three are four is for everybody. It does say on the link that it's, that it's aimed at, um, it says who can participate all States, agencies, local governments, tribal nations, and territorial governments are encouraged. So one yeah. of us should probably figure that out and see if, if that's open. Um, like it, to, def to it definitely is. Cause I've downloaded the tool. Great. Um, then, then I, um, I went ahead and sent an email already off to the uh, vulnerability underscore info at CISA.DHS.gov. And I know you're going to do that also, Brian. Um, and I'll be able to report back also if I hear from them, when I hear from them and kind of what comes out of that. So, yeah, I think we found some some good stuff there. Andre, I'm going to do it, too. I have about we have what we call loaner computers. So yep. I'm gonna, when I'll go through that process and the computers, I tell them is going to be these three or four loaner it's probably, computers. I don't think they're going to do internal scans of your computers. I think they're just going to do external. Oh, okay. Like okay. network scans of your public IPs and, or, and stuff like that. Got it. Got um, it. For them to do a full network assessment, I, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine that. That's something that they could get into. Maybe, but I. 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 I would seriously doubt it. Okay. Um, but we'll find out. We'll let everyone know. We'll report back. Um, so the next section is training, right? And that's and it's kind of like the last section I want to dive into because I think we kind of hit the gold here for this whole entire site. It's like this little section right here. Um, and they, they offer training, right? So using the CDM uh, agency dashboard to combat WannaCry ransomware, and this is a 15-minute video that explains explains how a federal agency can use the CDM agency dashboard to identify and mitigate system vulnerabilities. Um, and the vulnerability managing using Drupal. Um, you know, this is a little technical. I don't know. Um, I don't know how helpful this will be to the average bear. And it's very specific to certain ransomware. Um, it's not like general. And then we have incident response training series. Ransomware attacks hit a new target every 14 seconds. I didn't know that. Wow. Shutting down digital operations, stealing information, and exploiting businesses, essential services, and individuals alike. Don't wake up to a ransomware attack provides essential knowledge to prepare, prepare you and your organization to prevent, mitigate, and respond to the ever-growing threat of ransomware attacks. 
This course is specifically designed to be accessible to a non-technical audience, including managers and business leaders, as well as provide an organizational perspective and strategic overview useful to technical specialists. And then they have a don't wake up to ransomware attack webinar recording and the slide deck presentation. So I think that's good because the top part there got a little technical. And I think that's, I think overall, and, and I'm kind of just going to wrap up with this myself and you guys can chime in, but I think this is a mix of, and it's not clearly defined and maybe they could do a better job of breaking this up as to like, taking like this section here and taking the parts that are more for technical people and putting that for like, here's, here's the section for technical people and here's the section for non-technical people and then put the non-technical stuff under the non-technical and put the technical stuff under the technical. Cause then you that'll help somebody who's non-technical not have to weed through stuff. That's very confusing to them and, and, and very like, I don't know if this is for me, is this for me? And like, just confusing the, the buyer, so to speak. And then, so they end up not doing anything at all. Um, so in my own, my only real criticism here is I do think there's valuable information here for a lot of different people. They just need to break it up a little bit differently, um, segregate it between technical and non-technical. I think that'll help business leaders and business owners get to the right information that, that's pertinent to them. Um, and then, you know, if they so choose to work with a professional, they can, they can kind of send the professional over to the more technical areas. So that would be my suggestions for improvements on this site. But overall, um, I just think it's a lot. Um, if you want to take the time to go through it and figure it out, you're probably looking at about a 45 to one hour investment of your time to really just understand what the heck is here and understand what's for you and what's not. Um, and I think that, you know, requiring somebody to spend 45 minutes or an hour just to figure out a website just doesn't doesn't work today. So um, they're really going to have to clean this up and make it more streamlined for the audience for this to be adopted and used widely. Thoughts, Andre? And then we'll go to Randy. Yeah. While you were uh, talking, I had the um, webinar recording playing and their slide deck and that presentation was like, you know, I was starting to close my eyes. It, it, it's, it, <laughs> it's, it was technical and I just skimmed through it and kind of just skipped, but it, a lot of words and just like. So a course that is specifically designed to be accessible to a non-technical audience is technical. Is that what you're saying? It, yeah. The parts I forwarded it to, it was, it was a geek talking about a whole bunch of technical stuff. And, that, and that's part of the problem because they're putting people, you know, they're putting people in CISA who are very, very technical people. And that's not always good because this is the kind of stuff that comes out of it. Some people need to kind of, there's a disconnect between the average user and, and CISA and the government that they need to fix and correct if they want to solve this problem. Randy, final words. Take us home. I mean, yeah, I I would definitely agree with your last your last statement. Um, and like I was saying earlier, it's very common for experts in general to not really realize how the real world thinks. You know, it'd be really good. Like you mentioned this, I really like the idea of segregating the real talk from the geek talk or however you want to put it. And that could even be done by sections, even by paragraphs on this website where you have like a real world piece of information. And then you have then for the experts, here's some more type of thing, or things could be color coded. Well, maybe not color coded, but maybe tagged um, one way or another. I think that overall, I would say kind of sticking to my original my original opinion on that is that overall it's a great step in the right direction falls short for sure. At least we're shooting arrows towards the target. A couple of them actually hit the target. Um, the one, you know, with the uh, hygiene may actually be close to the bullseye. We'll let you know in a week or two when we hear back. Or you um, can get an email back from them that says we suspended the program. Exactly. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. 
then we'll know that that the arrow didn't even hit the target. But I'm hopeful that the arrow is near the bullseye. We'll hear something back, but we'll just see um, about that. But I think overall, it's a good step in the right direction. Um, need some work. They need to get some feedback for, from some real world people that don't walk around like us. Like I couldn't read a lot of this stuff at night because I wouldn't go to sleep because I'd get all excited about reading it. But I think 99 out of 100 people could read most of this and fall asleep in 30 seconds, you know? Um, so great step in the right direction. Um, need some work, need some feedback from some real people. Um, at least we got the conversation started. So uh, I've been thinking about this a lot lately and, and one about how we're handling cybersecurity from a national level with the government. Right. And, and I was going to mention this on my YouTube channel the other day, but I'm in the middle of kind of building my own studio here in the office. And I haven't been able to get to do a YouTube channel or YouTube video in a while. Um, and I was thinking about referring to the famous quote from Winston Churchill, where he said, or he observed that Americans will always do the right thing only after they've tried everything else. And I kind of feel like that's where we're at with cybersecurity. It's like, we are trying everything under the sun to come up with a solution for this. And while I do think one day we might get it right, it's just like between all the all the um, legislation you see coming from almost every single state to everything that's going on at the federal level to what we're seeing done within private industries and regulation, <clears throat> like we're, we're attacking this from a lot of different angles and it's it's going to prove to be inefficient at first and, until we get it right. And the reason I, I wanted to bring that up is because they have a link to report ransomware, right? And you come here as a business owner and you're like, oh, I, I got to report ransomware. So who do I need to report it to? And it's like our own government doesn't even know who you got to report it to. It's like, here, report it to everybody. <laughs> it's like, how hard is it for them just to make one spot? where if you report it, all these other entities get notified. But instead, it's like, go to the Internet Crime Complaint Center, go to CISA, go to the FBI, go to the Secret Service. It's like, come on, guys. Just give us one place to go to go report ransomware and then use our tax dollars, give somebody a $120,000 a year job and make it their job to get it to these other five places that want it as well. I don't know. <laughs> so it, makes, it makes too much sense for it to work yeah i know so you know just kind of you know us americans allowing churchill's legacy and his observation of of, of america to, to to ring true um you know there's a reason that that quote is famous it's because usually we do get it right, but we got to go through stuff like this. And we are in the middle of just trying to figure this out, but we got to go through stuff like this um, to get there. And, you know, I don't know why somebody in government can't look at this and say, this is just stupid. Like, why are we doing? Why, why do we have like this page here? Because whoever made it probably doesn't have the authority to just say, well, hey, let's just make a box where all of the emails go and everybody can see it or whatever. They were just following their, you know, they got their $20 million grant to build out this website of hot links, basically, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but, but for real, like they probably don't even have the authority to do that. And there's a lot of, you know, I just think that could be, a, that could also just be a good feedback right now. Hey, we need, we need a, there needs to be a clearinghouse. I mean, you know, I don't know. And also I think like people are going to be reticent to report it if they feel like it's going to bring it, the, if the government can't even figure out who to report it to, why would I want to report it? Because, man, I could get over this ransomware, recover from it, get back in business in three weeks. You know, but if I bring in the government, it might take me three years. So I think there's going to be a I don't want anyone to find out about it. And if I tell the government, people are probably going to find out about it. I mean, they might just take the Michael Scott um, approach. He walked into his office. He said, I declare bankruptcy. Is that not enough? I mean, I think people are going to do something like that rather than 
you know, just go tell everybody about it. But in Texas, starting in September one, I believe when is is when it is. It's going to be uh, by law. We're going to have to report report breaches here. Maybe it's for January one or report ransomware. Um, I think it's for uh, any kind of breach. Um, I don't know the exact you know the exact details on that, but I believe if they're if data flows out of your network that involves personal information, I think you're going to be required to report but ransomware. It. Technically, depending on if they exfiltrate data or not, doesn't take the data. It just encrypts it. Right. Unless there's exfiltration. Right. So and that that's one of the like one of the things that I see a lot is companies don't think they have to report ransomware because they don't think that the data was stolen or data was accessed. It was just encrypted, which usually isn't the case, but that's what they think initially. So it usually doesn't end up getting reported like it should to the proper authorities. Right. Um, and you're right, though. The only way that this stuff is actually going to get reported is if we make it a federal law. Um, this whole patchwork of states trying to put their own laws together isn't going to work because, you know, companies operate in multiple states. You know what I mean? And who's to say the ransomware started in Texas? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If, if an office in Utah was was where it started, well, that's where it started. Do you know? But it affected our Texas office. But do we really need to report it because the ransomware was only in Utah? You know. So then you you start to get into that world where you can't. We're, we no longer live in a world where state laws work for internet type stuff. Right. That's where we're at. Like you can't make state laws for internet. I mean, geez, I remember a decade ago they were talking about, you know, when states realized how much money they were losing because of Amazon, right? Because Amazon didn't used to charge sales tax everywhere. Now they do. They were talking about making a internet sales tax, right? Because mm-hmm. they, they couldn't figure out, well, we got to send auditors to Amazon to audit them to make sure that anything that they shipped to New Jersey is being charged sales tax. Right. They, they instead the, the initial knee jerk reaction was, oh, we got to create an Internet sales tax, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, that proved to not work. Um, and now states are figuring out how to properly tax Internet based companies. And now you're going to have to deal with the same thing here. So anything else you guys want to add before we call it a day? No. All right. Well, a lot of good information. Yeah, buddy. I uh, I like the website overall. I just don't think it's a good resource for a business owner. You know, just call call our companies. Not not to be not to be shrewd and not to promote what we do, but quite frankly, as confusing as that website is, it would be well worth your time and money to hire a company like ours to just handle this. We're experts in it. We know what to do. We know how to handle it. We've read all this stuff. You know, we would probably do it better than it's laid out on that website from a lot of different respects. Um, so, you know, just showing people how deep this goes, how much you need to know, how much knowledge you need to have really shows the value that companies like ours bring to the table when it comes to cybersecurity. We're not just IT companies here. You know, we are security focused IT companies and there is a difference Um, And we don't talk about our companies a lot on this channel, but um, if we're going to show the government's resources, I want to highlight the fact that, you know, there is that resource there where you can go through and kind of DIY it. But, you know, at the end of the day, this stuff is serious. You need to take it seriously. And the only way, in my opinion, that a, a business owner can really take this threat seriously is by hiring a cybersecurity professional like like arc solvers, like tech rescue and like exact IT who can come in and give your, your business the right advice it needs and put in the technology it needs to protect itself from, from cyber criminals and ransomware. Um, And that's all I'm going to say, because, you know, we talked about a lot and and I feel like some business owners are going to leave, leave this or hear this podcast and still be confused and not know what to do and feel like that 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 is not really a resource for them and you're probably right and you're probably best working with a company and not trying to go about this on your own so that's it for me i'm out you guys want to 
add anything? All ready to no, go? No, sir. All right. I'm good as well. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much. We'll see you again uh, next week. And uh, hit us up on our on our channel. And we're going to have a website live next week. I got somebody working oh. on it. And we're going to have that live by our show next week. So look for our website, securitysquawk.com, next week. But head over to our YouTube or our Facebook. Leave comments there. And share our show. And download us on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you you get your you download your podcast from. So take care, everyone. We'll see you next week.